Welcome to the About Life with Joe podcast. I'm Joe, and your life is about to get better. Please subscribe and enjoy. Today, Anna and I talk about the three Fs, faith, finances, and food. We go deep into our emotional connection with money and how that shapes the decisions that we make in our life. You know, money is a very interesting topic, right? So some people are super comfortable talking about it. Some people it's like super hush-hush. And some people have such an unnatural relationship with it, either lack or too much, or they, you know, uh, they feel guilty if they have too much. They feel bad if they don't have enough. So it's a really tricky conversation to have with anyone. So let's just put it out there and, and have it because... We all have, listen, we all need money, right? Right. You you need money. And there's this, uh, I think having a healthy relationship with money is one of the best things that you can develop and especially in your 20s. Because there are going to be a lot of major expenses coming up for you in your future. If you choose to purchase a home, if you choose to start a family, if you choose to be in a long-term relationship with someone and share finances, if you choose to venture out on your own and become an entrepreneur and you have, you know, you're, you're always going to have to be the first one at the table that way. And, and as far as an investing, you know, like even if you have investors, they're going to want to see what you've put into it yourself. Right. So there are a lot of different uh, times in your life where money and your relationship will mo- with money will your emotion your emotional connection to how you feel about money will come up and I say this from my own experience because I grew up uh, not, not without much and we always were taught to you have to work really hard you have to save your money and you have to um, you have to make sure you have enough because there was always that sense of lack. And so no matter how much money I would make or I had, I always had that sense of lack in my uh, mind and in my gut. Like, so it didn't even matter if I would have like an incredible year. It was always like, is it going to be enough? And then I was like, okay, this is not a healthy relationship to have with money because it really doesn't matter how much you make. It matters how you feel about it. Okay, so today, I know you were probably thinking we were going to have like some super financially structured kind of meeting, but I'm going to go even deeper and talk about your feeling and your relationship with money. I I think it all stems from that. It's psychological. Like, my, like people don't think about money in that way because it is like in your hand, like you can touch and feel it. But I agree to your point. Like I, in my 20s, one thing that I've kind of realized like three years out of college. So actually let me back up. So to your point about growing up, not feeling you ever had enough, you didn't have a lot. I was very fortunate to grow up with both my parents are doctors. And so I grew up very fortunate, um, very privileged, but um, both of my parents came from not a lot. My mom was an um, immigrant. She was born in Cuba and came to this country when she was six and my grandparents had nothing. So she grew up in an immigrant household really with that sort of mindset. And then my dad also grew up um, with not a lot. He was one of 10 children. So I, both of my parents kind of grew up that way, instilled those values in me and my sister, even though we, we did grow up very privileged. Um, so I've been working since I was 14. So I've known the value of a dollar and like hard work really early on. And I feel like until the point of graduation from college, I always had my own money. I would always work. I worked throughout college, but I didn't really quite understand because I wasn't financially alone, like my parents would still support me. They were paying my tuition and whatnot. I didn't fully understand, I guess, like the true value of a dollar. And then when I graduated, I graduated and I was making way more than I ever thought I would be because in college, you don't really understand. You're like, wow, like someone's going to pay me to do that. Um, but even, I mean, I, I am in a fortunate position where I feel like I make a, a decent living, but I, I still feel like I don't have enough to your point. And I, I don't know if it's because I'm spending too much or, or, it's hard because it's like you don't know if it's like a number thing like I'm like if I reach x salary I'm going to be financially like stable and I'm going to feel good about it but at the end of the day no matter if you're making 20k or 150k if you're spending 
more than your means, like it doesn't matter how much you're making. And I kind of feel like that's in the position. I'm the, that's the position I'm in right now where I am at a number where I feel good for my, for where I am in my life, but I still don't feel like I am saving enough or investing enough. So I'm, I'm kind of in that like psychological moment where I'm trying to figure out to like reverse that and be like, this is what I have and be like grateful for that. And then like work backwards and then like train my spending. So it's not out of control. I think that that just the fact that you're aware of it and it is probably because your parents instilled such great values uh, in you. And I, I grew up very similar to your mom. I mean, I wasn't an immigrant, but my mom is an immigrant and mm -hmm. she worked to support my sister and I, she worked multiple jobs. You know, my dad was very sick growing up. She took care of my dad. And although now she's a, a very, uh, she's a very, very successful entrepreneur. It wasn't like that in my childhood. So we always had that uh, angst around mm -hmm. it, right? But at the same time, probably similarly to you, we really like nice things. Okay, right. so there was always that kind of experience. So we were exposed to it. And then I, I think feeling worthy of what you have is step one. Definitely. Okay, feeling worthy of what you have. So you are a very centered, grounded, realistic person, okay? And just the fact that you wanna have that, that healthy relationship with money, okay? and feel like it's enough is amazing. So it doesn't really matter how much you make, it matters how much you keep. And I, I say this to entrepreneurs that I mentor all the time, I'm like, you could have $2 million in sales, but if your uh, operating costs are 1.999 million, it doesn't matter how much how many you have in sales, it matters how much right. you're keeping, okay? That, that matters too. So think about it that way, you're an entrepreneur major, Right. So it's really a very simple mathematical formula. You have X coming in. You need Y because those are your fixed expenses. OK. And then whatever you have left. OK. Is Z like so. And then when you get that number. Right. Take away your expenses. Keep it really simple. This is what's coming in. This is what's what has to go out. Like literally, if you do nothing else, what has to go out and you don't need some fancy spreadsheet or whatever, just write it down on a piece of paper. This is what comes in. This is what goes out. This is what I'm going to have left. And then write down what's important to you. Okay. I think that's where I struggle because every, like I want to do everything and I, I'm like a yes person. Like the second one of my friends is like, let's go eat dinner out or let's go out or let's go shopping. I'm like, yes, 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 yes. And like, that's how I like to live my life. But I think I need to take it back for a little and be like, do I need to like go out every single day of the week? No. Do I need to do X, Y, and Z? So I think that's where I'm struggling, trying to find a balance of living this life that I want to live. Obviously I said earlier, I live in New York, which is an incredibly expensive city. So I think it's I'm in the position now where I'm trying to find the balance between saying yes to everything and like living a fulfilled life in terms of like my social life and then also like saving money. And I think that's where I'm struggling a bit. Right. So I think a great way to not struggle with that is to look at the frequency of what you're doing. Like put, put down like the three things that really just light you up socially, right? Whether that's going out shopping, going out to dinner, and I don't, I don't know what a third would be, but like maybe just going out for a cocktail or. Yeah, I would definitely put alcohol in there. Right. So I think alcohol is a very interesting uh, thing that you can adjust. I don't mean your consumption as much as how much you're drinking out. Yeah. Because when you go out for drinks, that leads into, that's just, a, that's just really expensive. And if you're doing that multiple times per week, it's almost just like money flying out the window. And I'm not saying, I mean, no one, believe me, enjoys going out for a cocktail as much as I do, okay? And I can appreciate like how nice that is and how beautiful and how rewarding, but that's where you set your parameters. And that's where you can really control your purse strings. And so when you go out, go out for one or two drinks. And really just the way you can do this, and you know how I learned how to do this? You're gonna die laughing, okay? When I was, a, when I was uh, one of the times when I was a young mom, I was not working for a short period of time. 
And that had never happened before because just like you, I was the daughter of an immigrant and I was working from 13 years old. And my sister was working from probably even younger. I think she was busing tables at 12 years old. Okay, so we were working all the time. And so when I would go to Target and I wasn't working for the first time, although I had plenty of money to buy whatever I wanted at Target, I would go in with my credit card and I would buy hundreds of dollars worth of things at Target because I was home with two little kids and that was like my socialization. So that was like my bar, okay? Picture it this way. So I was like, okay, well, I really like going to Target, okay? And people make fun of me for that still to this day. Like my sister- Target has that stuff. I could not make fun of you for that. <laughs> I love it, okay? I love going to Target. But when I started to go to Target during that time, I would go with cash. I would leave everything out at home. Everything else at home, everything. All my credit, I would take my license and I would take cash. And I was like, if I can't buy with whatever I, you know, this is all I can spend. All I can spend is the cash I have. So when you go to a bar, if you've identified when you go out for drinks that then it turns into, uh, you know, spending $50 more than you thought because $50 here, $50 there adds up to a few thousand dollars a year, right? So I'm saying go out for a drink and like bring 40 bucks with you. And that's it. And that's all you have. Okay. So or either you go out less frequently or if you want to go out as often, just bring cash with you. And maybe you have a cocktail at home before you go or have one, you know, when you get back. Or if you feel like you, you know, haven't hit like your mark of where you want to be, you know, cocktail wise. Right. <laughs> I'm not encouraging unlimited cocktails. That's a <laughs> Okay. Um, it's going to help you twofold. It's going to help you drink less. Right. And it's going to help you spend less. And both of those things are going to make you better, both financially and emotionally. Definitely. I mean, uh, listen, all of us here in our apartment are trying to drink less. So I think that's a good side effect for spending less. But, um, I think that's a really good tip. And also just instead of maybe going out for drinks, if I wanted to meet up with a friend, like maybe we go to their rooftop at their apartment building or we like sit in the park and have drinks. Like, I think that's where I struggle where there's a lot of alternatives. I'm just not taking them. So I think I need just need to be better about holding myself accountable. And to your point, like, I'm like, oh, well, it's just 50 bucks. But then it's like, no, it's 50 bucks, like four times a month that adds up. And that's like an extra expense that I could have avoided. So yeah. And then, and then what I was, what I also think works really well and how, because you don't want to feel deprived, right? right. Not, nobody likes to feel deprived. Nobody wants to feel like they're home on the couch when everybody else is out, especially after a year of being home on the couch when you had to be right. right. So this re-entry is really interesting because you're going to be like, well, I haven't gone anywhere. I haven't really, you know, but you've spent money on other things. I'm sure like online shopping, like <laughs> I haven't really saved that much money, which I think is why this whole, I used to not, but for my first years out of graduation, I really didn't think about money at all. Like I would definitely overspend, but I was paying off my credit card enough and like in a good enough spot basically that I felt fine. And then I think during COVID, everyone was talking about how much money they were saving and how well they were doing. And a lot of my friends moved home to their parents' house and were paying rent. So I think I just, it kind of like shook me and I was like, oh my gosh, like one, I'm not saving money. But I feel like I'm in a pretty good financial position. So where's the disconnect? Um, so I agree. I think during COVID, I just stopped spending money on at, for, at restaurants and bars and like picked up shopping or just like other random things that I, or like future trips that I was planning, just random things. So the money was going out. I just don't know where, where it was going. That's even worse, right? Because you don't have anything to show for it. Right. So, so you need to start paying yourself. Okay. So I, you should have like a weekly, a day every week where you either transfer some money to yourself or you write a check to yourself and you pay yourself for your future. Okay, so pay yourself as if you are that heir that you're typing into Amazon and you're buying X, Y, and Z. Like you don't think about it that way because it doesn't exchange. But once you tangibly touch it, start paying yourself. Even something, you know, you know what your number is, Anna. You know what it is. Is it $50 a week? Is it $100 a week? And I'm not talking about, I'm talking about in addition to your traditional savings. I'm talking about your throwaway money. Okay? Take your throwaway money and start throwing it at yourself. 
Okay, and then at the end, I'm not even saying you need to invest it and put it, buy yourself something that has value or take that trip or, you know, buy that handbag. I mean, I'm sure that you have a handbag, like a, a, a handbag list in your mind, right? That's Christina, but yes, I, I have a shopping problem. So I, my problem is I don't shop like expensively. So I don't have expensive taste. Like I do, I love like very fancy stores. Like I love Rag and Bone and Maj and Sandro and like all these like great stores, but I shop at like Target or I'll shop at Forever 21, but I won't buy just one thing. I'll buy like 50 things, but it'll still be like $20 or like each thing is like $10, $20. So in my mind, I'm not spending that much. But one, that's horrible for the environment. And like, I should not be shopping at these mass retailers, but I don't need 20 new shirts. So I, I think your point is really important that I should just buy myself one nice thing that's gonna bring me as much joy as like, I think these 20 shirts are gonna bring me. Yeah, you're doing volume purchasing. And because, you, because you're afraid to do the big nut and say, okay, that's $200. I would never spend $200, right? Are you also a person that buys a lot of things on sale? Yes. Okay. Like I'll impulse buy something just because it's on sale. And I'm like, I don't actually like this. I never buy anything on sale. And I'm going to make that bold statement. And I'm sure it's going to be very radical. And people are going to be like, oh my God. And it's not because I'm I'm rich. I, I'm, I, or even when I didn't have enough money, I was like, if I don't love it enough to pay full price, I'm not going to love it on sale. So I don't look at how much things cost. I think about the value and the long term. So I would, for example, buy one nice handbag, but I also am okay using the same handbag all the time. Okay. I would rather invest in one great pair of jeans and wear them over and over than have, you know, five pairs. And I'm talking about at your age, I would always covet the nicer thing. And I have things now that my kids wear that I had from back. So I, I, I'm an investment. I invest in pieces and I did from your age on. Okay. I, I remember going in, I think I told you guys a story with like my very first corporate paycheck. And I remember going into the Louis Vuitton store and being like, okay, I want to buy a bag and like trying to sign over my paycheck. And they're like, yeah, we don't, we don't take that form of payment here. I, I, was like 20, I was like 22 years old or I don't know. And I'm like, oh, okay. I mean, that's how clueless I was, right? But, but think about, you know, kind of graduating into investing in nicer things for yourself, but not even, even if you don't do that, you can still buy. There's plenty of things that I buy. Like I buy uh, a lot of t-shirts from Gap just because I like them. Okay, mm -hmm. I like I like Gap t-shirts, I like J. Crew t-shirts. I wait for them those to go on sale. So I okay, I do buy some things on sale because I know. Right. And I stock up. Okay. So I look for things like that that I know, you know, for example, in the winter, I wear a white t-shirt pretty much under every sweater. Okay, so I don't have to dry clean my sweaters as often. Right. So I buy a stack of white t-shirts. I buy a fresh one in the summer and I buy fresh ones. I always wait for those to go on sale, okay? But if I'm uh, buying something that I want to last, I mean, I shop all the time in my closet for this reason. So start building your closet, okay? Because that's like when you go to the interview or you go to um, somebody's wedding or you go, you can go into your closet and you're really saving money because you're not buying reactively. Okay, so for me, I buy things for special occasions like the christening of my godchildren or something like that or the christening, and I buy something extra special there or like a graduation or something like that. But I will invest in a piece and I will wear those pieces over and over. And if Kate Middleton can do it, we can all do it now. I mean, she's recycling stuff, right? And she literally has the crown jewels, literally, okay? So I think that there's like a shift in uh, value perception. And since you are in retail and you, you know, you see how much things really cost and what pe things retail for, there's, uh, you know, certain areas in your life where you can invest in stuff and not have to have the volume.
No, I think that's a really good point. I think my problem too is I, I, I think I'm, this is a, a good thing. I love this about myself. I'm very much like I live in the present and I don't think too much about the past or the future. Um, I obviously have like longer term goals, but I'm kind of just like, whatever, like we'll see what happens. And so I think a lot of my like impulse purchasing comes from that because like in this moment right now, I want X, Y, and Z. And so I'm just going to spend it and not think about the future ramifications of it. But hearing you say that you, your kids wear your clothes, like my, I wear my clothes for a season and they have holes in them and I have to throw them away. So I definitely think there's like value in like thinking more about like the future and like the actual value of something I'm buying and whether or not that's going to bring me joy and if I'm going to want that forever. Right. And you don't have to, and what's interesting is I, I have that, you don't have to start with everything being this way. Just buy like one nice piece a year. Yep. Okay. Like one, what would you consider an investment piece? Like a beautiful blazer. Like I bought a beautiful Prada blazer, black Prada blazer. I want to say it was maybe eight years ago. That black Prada blazer still looks amazing. Okay. I think it was maybe $1,200. Okay. At the, at the time, eight years ago, but I'm saying like a piece like that, if you're saving your $50 here, $50 there, you can have like a nice investment piece because you're just throwing that money away anyway. Okay. And I'll buy, um, you know, I would buy, and again, I'm older. So of course I can, I have a different budget, but right. even when I was younger, I wasn't buying at the frequency that I buy now, but I would be like, I, and I learned that from my mother, actually, my mother, who is a hardworking immigrant, um, she would say it's better to have one nice thing than 20 things that you have to get rid of. And I don't really have like, other than I consign some things here or there, I, I also have a rule in my closet and this is the other way because I, although I love fashion and all of this stuff, but I'm, I don't have a ton of stuff either. If I don't, I used to have this rule. If I wasn't pregnant, okay, because when you're pregnant, you can't really wear any of your stuff. And then the year after you really can't either. So on those years, I gave myself a pass, but Pretty much, if I hadn't worn it in a year and I had an occasion to wear it or or um, it just sat there and I never chose it, I would either sell it or donate it, okay? And that's where I feel like I live a very decluttered life. Yeah. Okay, and yet there, there are those, and I know, for example, when I want to, when I see something, let's say I'm at Bergdorf's and I see like, the most beautiful blouse and it's got this like gorgeous pattern and and i'm like oh my god that's so beautiful and i really that would look great for this thing that i'm going to and then i think back and i see all the things that i've kept that have lasting power and i'm like is this gonna be for one season it might be if it is for one season is it worth the price and i sit there and i have like a very interesting real conversation with myself. I'm never an impulsive buyer that way. And I think that that's why I've been able over the course of years when there were years where I had a lot more money and there were years that I, you know, wasn't working and I was a stay at home mom and I couldn't buy as much. But I guess the best example that I can give you is Melina, my oldest daughter is graduating from Sacred Heart uh, from Newton Country Day School in, um, in June. And I was thinking about investing in a new piece because I would um, wear it in all her pictures and all of that stuff. And then I realized that there was a liturgy the night before. So there would be two outfits. And then I thought, oh, I know what I can wear to one of them. The dress from her christening, which is still a classic, beautiful Maxmara investment piece that I made. Yes. Okay. So I was like, okay. And it's like right in the school's colors. It's the whole nine yards. So I always invest in like, you know, back then when I couldn't, I would just buy one nice thing a year that way. So I think that that's something to think about, especially because you're in retail and especially because you are so young and because you do do well, why not have one thing that you buy every year that's an investment piece? The thing is, which I told myself 
So my, my 25th birthday is coming up in May. And I, you can ask any of my roommates, I've been talking about it forever. And I was like, for my 25th birthday, at first I wanted to buy like my first designer handbag. And then I was like, do I really want that? Blah, blah. So I was like kind of thinking about more of if I wanted the handbag or if I wanted something else. And then I told myself that I'm allowed to go on a shopping spree in Soho in New York, but only go to the really expensive, nice stores that I always look at the window, but I never buy anything from, because as you said, I can't spend $200 on a shirt but I can buy 30 shirts for $200. So, <laughs> so I was like, okay, I'm going to allow myself to go into Maj and Sandro and farm and like all of these stores that I've been wanting to go to and just like buy things and not feel bad about it. And like, obviously cap what, like think of a number that I was like, I can't spend more than this. And then just like allow myself to freely shop. And now as I get closer, I'm like, oh, I don't know if I should do that. Like, I don't know if it's worth it, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, why, like, to your point, like, why am I, why do I have such trouble spending $200 on one nice thing? And, but I don't have a problem spending it. I'm like forever 21, which one is horrible for the environment. They have horrible labor conditions and just, it's just all around, like not a good situation. So I'm really going to try not to do that anymore. You know, it's interesting. I can tell you why you feel that way, because you're going to feel like you don't have enough. Yeah. And I think that that is, I, I feel like I don't have enough and it's, I don't know why, because I typically like. I mean, obviously everyone to some extent cares a lot what other people think of them, but I really try not to care about what other people think. So I'm like, where does that feeling come from? Like, if it's not external, it obviously is coming from inside me, but I don't know why I feel that way. But you acknowledge it so you can move past it. So once you yeah. accept, right, that that's how you feel, okay, you're grateful for what you have and then you move through it. So, you know, I guarantee you, that like, and we all went, let's go back in, you know, in, in March of last year when we all went into quarantine. A lot of us, I packed a small bag thinking I was going to my house in Newport for two weeks, like a right. lot of the world. And I had like three or four things. And I realized I didn't really need much else. Yep. Okay. So it's very freeing to learn also to not need a lot of stuff. Agreed. Okay, so maybe that's a way to look at it as well. It's not, of course, it's not good for the environment. Okay, you want things that last because you don't want to have to keep buying them over and over. And, you know, it's always nice. And just like, just like with furniture or anything else, it's always nice to have like a high end piece mixed in with a practical piece, right? Yeah. So for me, like the go to's that I spend money on always are shoes belts, bags. Okay. And then because I wear jeans almost every single day of my life, I spend money on jeans, t-shirts. I don't spend money on a $200 t-shirt. I just, right. I don't do it because I, I cycle through them, but I still buy enough quality t-shirts that they're not, you know, they last for a few years. Right. Okay. And then I will, you know, by if I see a couple of fun pieces that are less expensive, that are a little bit more trendy, like this top is a great example. It's neon yellow. I loved it. I don't know that I would have spent a lot of money on it if it wasn't, you know, from Banana Republic. Right. Right. So if, if Prada made it, I wouldn't have bought it because I'm like, this is, I'm not rich enough to be cheap or trendy. That's the right. way I can say it to you. Right. So I need the things that, I buy to have value and to last and to be good quality for the price. And you're gonna find your go-to brands. Mm -hmm. Like I know, and, and I know tried and true, like certain brands that um, that do really well for me and they 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 hold up well. Like for example, for me, Lululemon, I don't have a ton of workout clothes. Like my kids have they two million pairs. I don't because. I do laundry all the time, mm -hmm. okay? So I don't need more than two or three pairs of Lululemon pants. So that's an area where I don't spend a ton of money. Right. And yet, this is a nice transition to our next topic, and yet I work out six days a week. Yes. Okay? So I've realized that I, and, I, and there were times, believe me, you're getting the 48-year-old 48 48 <laughs> version of this. That's why I'm passing you down. There were times in my thirties, when these new Lululemon pants came out that I was like, are people spending a hundred dollars on a pair of workout pants? And here we are, we're all spending a hundred dollars. And I, I remember just at the end of my thirties, having 
so many more of them. And then me being like, well, why do I need these? So I just stopped. I will say workout leggings. So to your point, our next topic is working out. And I, before COVID, uh, I feel like that's like everyone's thing before COVID and post COVID. Uh, before COVID, I never worked out. I would work out maybe once a week. I love spinning. I know you love Soul Cycle, Joanna. So do I. That's like my favorite thing to do. Obsessed. Obsessed. Um, I started doing it sophomore year of college. And it, when it first came out, I was like, oh, all these people who do Soul Cycle, like it's so weird. It's so like, like spiritual. Like that's not me. And then my sister dragged me to a class and I was like obsessed instantly. Um, so I would go like once a week to, to a spin class. Um, once I was like graduated, I couldn't afford Soul Cycle all the time. So I found another spin studio that I loved. So I'd go like once a week and that was enough for me. Um, I bl- I was blessed with a really good metabolism when I was younger. So I ne- it never really like was a problem for me. And I was never one of those people that had to work out to like relieve stress. I just like, it wasn't a part of my life. And then COVID hit. And before COVID, my body was changing and I was noticing that I was gaining weight and I was like starting to get unhappy with the way I was looking. And I was like, I'll make a change, blah, blah, blah. Like I should like eat better and whatnot, but it never happened because we were so busy. Um, and then COVID hit and I was like, one, I'm bored. I have nothing to do. Two, I'm eating so much and drinking so much because there's nothing else to do at home. And at this point I was living at home with my parents. And so it was just like, I actually had nothing else to do. So I was like, okay, I'm going to sit and down. Sure and your mom is an amazing cook, right? Not my mom. My dad is an amazing yeah. cook. But um, we were just like, the, the lowest point of quarantine for me, I say, was it was a Tuesday mid-afternoon. I was working from home. I ordered Domino's cheesy bread for lunch. Like, so disgusting. Like, I love Domino's and like, I don't mind eating it. But like for lunch on a Tuesday when I was working, like that is just so inappropriate. So it was like to the point where I was like eating so badly and it was just, I wasn't feeling good. So I started working out and now I, like a year later, I try, well, it's easier working from home, but I work out like four to five times a week if I can. And we got, Christina and I bought a a spin bike and we share it and we have an iPad on it and we can do Peloton and SoulCycle classes. And it's honestly changed my life. And it really like, I no longer think about my body. I'm like, this is my body and I love it. And I work out to like make myself feel better and relieve the stress. And I feel like I can eat what I want. But to that point, I have never invested a lot in workout clothes because I, I just never worked out. And so that's not something that I like quote unquote value. So I found a brand that's really cheap. It's called 90 degrees by reflex. And I love their leggings. They're like 20 bucks. And so I have like six pairs of them and that's the only workout clothes I wear. And I love them and I don't spend a lot of money on it. And it's, it works great for me, but I get why people like, people who are really value exercise and working out like spend a lot on that and I feel like that's kind of where I need to figure out like what I quote unquote value and like channel um funnel my money there versus like just kind of spending all over the place yeah so go back to that list okay when you when you do your mathematical equation you say this is what I have coming in this is what has to go out and then pick like your top five yeah okay pick your top five and those top five they don't have to be your forever top five they're just your top five for right now. And, you know, you and I, I'm on the, I, I have the same Kool-Aid as you. I didn't start exercising. I had never exercised in my life until my oldest daughter was one, my oldest daughter was one years old. And I was sitting there at her first birthday party, eating the Elmo head from the Elmo cake <laughs> with the red, yeah, with the red frosting with like the plastic fork and tear, tears are streaming down my face. And I'm telling my sister, I just don't like know why I can't lose like the last 10 pounds. And she's like, put put the fork down, okay? And I was like, but I love the Elmo cake, you know? And I just similarly to you, listen, whether I work out or not, I, I've been blessed with, I have a, a high metabolism. I've always been a, a fairly small person, but I work at it. Yeah. It's not like I'm eating the heads of Elmo cakes anymore. And she said to me, you know, why don't you try hot yoga? And I was like, I-, I can't do that. I had never been to a class. I'd never been in a gym. I was like, I can't do it. So I don't know what happened, but I ended up going to this hot yoga class, Baron Baptiste class in Boston, 20, well, must have been 19 years ago. And I walk in and there's all these like serious people there and I'm go to walk out and I can't get to the door. And I'm like, I'm stuck here now. And I go into the class and it was like, I got so out of my comfort zone 
it was so hot in there and I did one class and it was really hard. I thought I was going to die yep. and then I went back the next day and I had been practicing yoga ever since. And I, I find that that is something. And now with all these online apps and everything that you can do yoga, if you can incorporate some yoga in your day, 10 minutes. Okay. Of these, that is just such an old practice that has served so many, you know, gazillions of people. So how could it be wrong? It's not. It's not a fad, right? It's not. There's, and I loved Soul Cycle too, and I love it, and that was fun, and the the community, and I met one of my closest friends there. You know, I would do it with one of my closest friends as well. The community that I met, I loved the music, and I felt like I was, you know, it's like being in a nightclub, but there's no. That's there's why no, I love it. Right? It's like you're in the club and you know, it's like out right outside. Right. But but I did I think one of the best pieces of advice my sister ever gave me was for me to start this yoga. And now it was always my go back to, you know, post surgery. That was the first I started with small little exercises. And I do feel like as you get older, so I've been studying yoga and Pilates. I've been practicing yoga and studying Pilates for I started that with the second kid. So she's almost 17. So 16 years I've been a student of Pilates. And I don't do it all the time, but all the principles that I have in my workouts, like right now, because I've just launched this channel and I do my corporate speaking and all of that. And I have two teenage daughters, one that's applying to college, one that just applied. So it's a little busy right now. Um, like you, you should add more to your plate. Like you don't seem busy at all. <laughs> it's, you know, but I, I made a commitment to, to step out of my comfort zone once again, and I started to run. So every day, no matter what, six days a week, I run a mile. And I figured I'm going to start there. Maybe in the summer when it gets a little warmer, I'll run more. But my point is after I'm done with my little run, which doesn't take that long, mm -hmm. I'll do about... 10 minutes of either a yoga or Pilates kind of stretch. I have the mirror, you know, but I don't always have time for a whole class. My kids use it more than I do. But because I have the, the yoga kind of memory and the Pilates, I can do it anywhere. And that's another thing is once I couldn't go to SoulCycle during the pandemic, you know, and it stopped and I was so used to going, I was like, okay, I have got to do something at home for at least 15 or 20 minutes every day. Um, you know who has a great app for this is Melissa Wood. Oh, okay, I'll write her down. Write her down. This is amazing. So it's a it's a subscription. It's uh, I think it's like $10 a month. Okay. And her workouts, um, they you can find workouts that are 12 minutes all the way to an hour, but they're all done with your own body weight, most of them or at your kitchen counter. She lives in New York. She's got two little kids. She's super busy and she's come up with this method. And I think that those are a great accoutrement mm -hmm. okay, to whatever you're doing. Um, also really great if you don't have a lot of time, like she's got this one workout that I do all the time because all you need is a wall. Love that. Okay. So, so check her out and she's got an app and she's got the website, but it's super, it's a great way for you to have a nice introduction to yoga Pilates without dedicating an entire hour. Yeah. And it's so true. Like I, again, like people used to be like, I love working out. It makes me feel so good. And I would be like, whatever. Like I just didn't believe it. And I used to never be able to touch my toes. Like I'm incredibly not flexible. And that was just how I thought I was. I was like, well, no matter what I do, I won't be able to be flexible. Like that's just the way my body's made. And since I started doing bar, um, like I primarily spin, but like, I know you, you can't spin every day because that's really bad for you. So I was I started incorporating bar and now I can touch my toes. So it's, it really does work. And like, it's slow and gradual and it takes time. But like, to me, that was like, wow, like a real tangible thing, like something I used to not be able to do that I can now do. And it, it feels amazing, you know? It does feel amazing. And I have my former Pilates teacher, actually, Carrie, um, is uh, launching her own um, her own series now. I'll get you the information. Um, but she works on a goal-oriented way with Pilates 
for example, the reason why I'm bringing this up is because you said touch your toes, right? Yeah. So she'll work with people uh, and say, okay, so you want to improve your golf game or you want to be more flexible or you want to be, uh, do you want to sleep better? Or you want, you know, to have better posture. So she can, she works the, the principles of Pilates into that to really give you um, what your goal is. You know, I will tell you, when I was recovering from my very, very big surgery, my surgeons were like, look, what are you doing? And I was like, I'm not doing anything. But it was all those years of having done the work. So right now, and, and again, I was always the same size. It wasn't like I was doing it for that reason. I actually probably gain a couple pounds when I work out more because I eat more. Right. And also you build muscle, which weighs more, but that's what you want. You want to be strong. I eat more. I would like, I remember, have you ever tried, um, I don't know if they, Barry's boot camp. I haven't tried it because it honestly terrifies me, oh, but terrifies. it's like a cult. Everyone loves it. Okay. Well, people would say the same about Soul Cycle, and we know we're not yes. a cult, right? <laughs> but I would go to Barry's with my friend, but it's a running based program. So I tried it like once or twice. I mean, so hard. I, I was almost dying, but I would crawl out of the class and crawl into my house, into my apartment, and eat the entire contents of my refrigerator. So I was like, yeah, the class is amazing, but I'm, you know, gained 10 pounds because I can't control myself. Because when right. I'm hungry, I mean, you cannot stop, you live with Christina. When a Greek girl is hungry, it's like, <laughs> it's like, yeah, Douglas is like, what are you doing? I love that. You know, like when, I can't. I was like, well, I'm hungry, I'm hungry. I would eat the whole contents. But, you know, mindful eating is also uh, something that, you know, I prepare a lot of my own meals. Yes. Okay. And the, one of the reasons why I don't get lazy to cook the food that I buy that is so expensive, as you know, to go to the grocery is so expensive, is because when I get home from the grocery, this is a great tip for me to give you. When I get home from the grocery, I don't put anything away in the fridge unless I prep it. Oh my gosh, wow. Yep. So I get Amazon, you know, Whole Foods delivery. And I know that all those things that I order are going to be prepped. And because I used to own a restaurant, and it's not, it's not, um, it's not like a time unless your mom calls you when you're... <laughs> My, my mom. My they girl. always know. They know when to interrupt you in the my worst time possible. Like, probably like, Joe, what's going <laughs> on? You know? And I'm like, oh, I love her. But, um, okay, so what I do is I unload the groceries on the counter. I learned this because I was in the restaurant business. Right. So when you go to a restaurant to order something, they're not cutting the lettuce right at that time. They have everything prepped. That's why you can get it in 10 minutes, okay? So I was like, okay, I get really lazy uh, buying all this food. And then at like four o'clock, I'm like, oh my God, I don't feel like doing this. And I'll like want to order something. Right. So this is how you can avoid that because I'm sure that that happens, right? That I am the laziest and that's my biggest problem. So like in tandem with exercising, I've been trying to eat better because to my point of eating Domino's in the middle of the day, I used to just eat terribly and it, it didn't really yeah, it didn't affect my body to an ex like to a crazy extent, so I just trained my body to eat that, and that was just what I was used to. Um, so I've been trying to eat more vegetables and more fruit and whatnot, but I am so lazy, and so I'm like, well, is, if I'm going out to eat a salad, like if I'm going to Sweet Green, I'm still like eating healthy, but it's still twelve dollars, and if I do that every week, a couple times a week, it adds up, and I am going to the grocery store on top of that and throwing away all this food. So I think if I did something like that, it would be way easier and I wouldn't be as tempted. Yes, I never throw away food. It's like, I can't throw away food. I just can't do it. So I would, so I have a, a couple of different tips and tricks that work with the food. Whenever I unload the groceries, like I say, I prep them. So for example, if I'm sauteing kale with garlic, onions, peppers, and tomatoes, I cut, I wash it, I cut that all up, I dry it, and I put it in a Ziploc. Love so it. when I'm, when I'm ready to cook it, I put olive oil, I put it in and I cook it. I roast a piece of fish. There's dinner. 
See, I love that too, because people are always like meal prep and that, I, that is amazing if that works for you. But I personally really don't like reheated food and I've never liked reheated food. I don't like leftovers. I never take food from restaurants. I, I it's like pretty stupid of me, but I just don't like it. And so that's why I never did that because you know, I don't like reheated food. So why would I meal prep at the end of the week? Cause I probably wouldn't end up eating it anyways, but doing that and cutting everything up, but like not cooking it, that's half the battle. That's all it is. So you yeah. only, this is the, this is the beauty of it. You're only cleaning your kitchen one time. Okay. So I go the extra mile, even like I bought potatoes today. I had a big delivery today. I had potatoes. So I had bought potatoes for baked potatoes and I bought potatoes for, you know, cutting up and roasting. I scrubbed down. I wiped all the potatoes. I dried them. I put them in a bowl. They're in the fridge. When I want to make a side dish of a baked potato, I've got to poke three holes in it, put a little olive oil and throw it in the oven. I have my fresh side dish. Okay. I like hot food. That's yeah. the other thing. I know you, you and my daughters are all sweet greeners, but I like hot food. I like cooked greens. And so I like to eat hot, fresh food all the time. I'm a spoiled, I, my mother's a chef. My, they own a restaurant. My stepfather's a chef. Like I like a beautiful meal every time. So what I do is I have, for example, Swiss chard that I bought today. So how do you make Swiss chard? You wash it, you cut it up, you put it in your Ziploc. I have my garlic and my onions ready to go. I'm going to braise it tonight and I'm going to put a beautiful piece of salmon on it. And that's going to take me, and I'm not exaggerating, maybe six minutes to prep. Yeah. Okay. So as soon as you can open your bottle of wine and you pour a glass, okay, your food is going to be ready and it's and it tastes better than anything and i cook this is the other simple thing i cook with very few ingredients i use very very high quality olive oil i use my cousin's olive oil which is fancy peasant olive oil um i use a very very good salt and i use toggle between three different kinds of salts i use lemon i use oregano and that's pretty much it and i keep the ingredients super super clean and we eat a lot, okay? Like, well, they'll tell you like, oh, are you really gonna eat all that? I'm like, yeah, I eat a lot, but if the food is good and it's good for you, you never have to worry about what you're eating. That's that's also the problem with eating out all the time. Like, even if you do get like a salad at a restaurant, like it's still vegetables, but you don't know what they're putting in there. And like, it's all it's always healthier to cook your own food. So, I mean, that was really helpful. I feel like I'm definitely gonna start doing that. Yeah, and do it once and do it like, so Monday will be your day, right? So get, order your Whole Foods on Sunday night. You get your delivery Monday morning at like six or something. You you spend an hour. You, you, you say to myself, I'm going to put my phone away. I'm not going to answer my email. I'm going to dedicate an hour. You have, like, let's say you're going to roast chicken, right? You get your, your chicken on a Monday. You put your lemon, your oregano, your salt, your olive oil. You put it in your Pyrex. You cover it. It's good for three days. Okay. And you don't have to do anything. Yes. This is how I, this is how I do. So I cook every Monday. I prep for Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and every night we have a hot, fresh meal because I don't, my kids won't eat leftovers either. Okay. I mean, I eat them. So what I eat, I make an extra portion and I eat it for lunch the next day because I don't want to throw any food away. Okay. But I make sure that there's a meal every day and people are like, well, how do you cook it? I'm like, first of all, I don't think about it at five o'clock. I think about it once. I annoy myself for two hours a week so I can eat all week. And the cleanup is so easy because you're just washing like one pot or one pan. The other trick I have for this is line all of your pans in aluminum and parchment paper. Okay. Okay. And then you don't have to wash them and scrub them. So, so when you... For example, let's say you're pan frying. Top. Not stovetop, baking. Okay, I was like on this. Okay, got it, got it, got it. No, the pot on the stove, you always have to wash. Okay. <laughs> okay. You I was like, wait, can, is that, would that catch on fire? Like what? Yeah, don't do that. PSA, don't do that. So those are a lot of just practical. And, and when you're ordering groceries, think about the whole meal. Don't think, do I need this? Because I'm sure you shop for your groceries the same way you shop for clothes. Like, right. So I always think like of the whole meal. So I, I always use a green, some sort of green base, right? Or cauliflower, broccoli, some sort of sauteed green, kale, uh, or whatever. And then some sort of, because 
I, I eat carbs, okay? Everybody's like, you don't eat carbs. I'm like, I eat a lot of carbs because I eat pretty much a, plant, a plant-based diet. So I eat rice, I eat uh, potatoes. Um, if I'm out and the bread is really, really good, I eat that too. Um, but I don't do a lot of uh, refined like pastas and things like that. And we eat a lot of um, fresh seafood. And I'll, I'll make chicken and steak for the girls and occasionally like, of course, it's in my DNA, I eat lamb, okay? But I, you know, that I keep it very, very simple and very flavorful. And you know what? Maybe one night what I'll do with when we get together with our circle for our next one, maybe I'll do uh, everybody buy these ingredients and I'll give you guys a little cooking lesson. Would you like that? I love that. That is so fun. Okay, that's what we're going to do. That's, that's so fun. For the next one. Okay, I'll, I love that. That's I'll amazing. Send the ingredients. I'll show you guys how to do... The, the braised, I'll show you guys how to do three dishes in under one hour that you can make every single week. I think that's something that most people in their 20s struggle with. I mean, I'm not gonna speak for everyone, but most of my friends, it's how do we eat healthy? How do we eat healthy cheaply? Because like none of us can afford to go to these fancy grocery stores and, you know, buy a ton of nice ingredients. And then how do we eat um, healthy fast and conveniently? So I think if you could show us how to do that, that would be amazing. I am going to show you. And this is what you do. You spend your money on the olive oil. Mm -hmm. Okay. That's so important because it's like anything else. If you start with a great foundation, your food will taste good. It will okay. taste great. And good you don't have to have a lot of skill, technique, and time. Okay. And I'm going to show you guys like the common sense approach to how I do all of my veg. Okay. I have like all of my veg. It doesn't take a lot of time. They're delicious. And I do a very, very simple, clean protein, okay? And then I, I toggle between potatoes. Potatoes are amazing, they get a bad rap, but potatoes are antiviral, okay? During the COVID lockdown, I was making my kids eat potatoes every day and they're like, we're not even Irish. I'm like, I don't care, eat the potatoes. They'll, they'll help you not get COVID. <laughs> exactly, I know, I know. I make this stuff up, but whatever, it makes me feel I mean, exactly. It's like, if you believe it and it makes you feel better, that is what you have to hold on to these days, so.